Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. We are your morning show for any hour. We got a lot of news. We got to recap a little bit of Fannie Willis, at least, because the sound bites were out of this world. There's a Trump judgment on the from New York on the, the sort of business case, the Trump Organization business case. We got some updates from Israel and thoughts on how to vacation with the friends. But before we get to that, Vic, how's it going, man? Hello, Mary Catherine. I'm doing just fine. The two things I wanted to talk about. One is I mentioned before we taped the show, I said, oh, it's going to be a little bit of a tight squeeze because, you know, I'm roasting a chicken, okay. as you know, and I like to roast a chicken. I'm not quite sure if this chicken was fully done, but I downplayed that when I served that to everybody. <laughs> it said it was only three point. We'll know in a couple days. <laughs> it said it was only three point three two pounds, and so I'm normally, you know, roasting a four pound chicken. So I don't know what happened, but Kate came back from a walk, and sure enough, she can see that you know with the sun coming through the window, you can see the smoke, you know, so. There was a little bit of okay. Okay, let's just rush. Let's let's just get this chicken out of there. So I did that, and I usually I mentioned, oh, we're not going to do a stock. She's not a big fan, I think, of the stock because you have to keep the uh, gas oven on overnight, and uh, you know it's not it's not it's it's different than braising. It's different than I guess if you had a a, cro- a slow cooker in some ways because it's, you, you plug it into a thing. I mean, what's it going to do? Yeah, I do but, it in the I do it in the electric pressure cooker. That's how I do it. You use a pressure cooker? Because it speeds it up. Yes. I was going to say, don't sleep with the pressure cooker. That would be scary. Well, look but at it's, you. But it's electric. It's not, they're not dangerous Okay. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So uh, the gas thing, I think that weirds around. And, and so I'm like, next time I'll do it. But I did, sal- whatever leftover chicken there is, is going to be a chicken salad. I'm sure that'll work out just fine. The other thing I, w- I wanted to talk to you really quickly about is, do you get a lot of PR emails now? I'm getting a ton. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like oh my gosh, so a lot of different things. Now, mostly we just delete them, right? I mean, I try to keep up with deleting them, but wow, right. So if you're on the PR end, the question is, how do we stop you or stop us from deleting and actually not just opening and reading it? And I think I figured out their strategy, mm-hmm. and that is, the sender is coming up with fake names, right? Because I've gotten PR emails from supposed publicists, Daniel Craig. Are you ready for this one? Like, uh-huh. like maybe they, they studied, they studied up on me. Emma Watson. Oh. Like yeah. really? You're a PR person. You're literally named Emma Watson. Maybe the really. Daniel Craig was meant for me. I mean, Should that have come to me? Well, maybe they were trying to see which one would take with me. You never know. Like, oh, I'm kind of curious. <laughs> I'm going to see what oh. Daniel's up to. And then I just got one the other day. I'll be so embarrassed if this turns out to be a real person. But it was Gina Hartley. And I think it's really close to Nina Hartley, who mm-hmm. was an adult actress. I haven't so, gotten so my I theory, haven't gotten this type now, of again, treatment. If it turns out if it turns out to be a real person, I'm so sorry. But and, and in fact, I had a former colleague, the writer Ryan Lovelace, and he said that when he grew up, he used to get in their house phone calls all the time from random dude saying is is uh, is linda there because linda lovelace was also a actress shall we say i don't know why they say adult by the way because like like, otherwise what are they minors you know them are adults they're all adults you know but i like anyway so my apologies but i'm telling you i think that's the way they're getting us is by coming up with these names and and you know having us and i again you know i emailed emma watson several times and she hasn't gotten back to me about (laughs) you know if she was free for dinner Uh, how rude yeah how rude mary Catherine, how are you Uh, i'm good i just road tripped back home on this long weekend Uh, i was up in pennsylvania with some friends which we'll talk about later but we came back through gettysburg i had my two big girls with me oh very nice we came back through gettysburg we didn't do the full battlefield i want to plan a different trip for that because we just didn't have a lot of time what did you do Um, you hit just we 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 went through in town in gettysburg and we went to like a little christmas house like a christmas store it's a lovely town it is and and we did swing by the the sort of museum for the battlefield and i determined like we just didn't have enough time to take this on today so we did a we did a little bookshop tour and then we headed out okay it's a lot Um, of walking Yes. And then we went then we went to an antique store, which oh. my girls and I love to browse 
in antique stores slash junk store. I really prefer more of a thrifty junk vibe than an actual antique store. I'm not looking for the good stuff. You, I'm looking uh, for also, yeah. kitsch. I want kitsch. You right? also like you you like the, the secondhand stores. Yes. Right. What about so, consign? What is con- consignment? Where does that fit into this? Consignment is too rich for my blood. Oh, like, uh, consignment. Sounds- I like a treasure hunt. The thing ah. about consignment is that mm-hmm. everything is already vetted and is like sort of valuable, right? Oh, yeah. So that doesn't yeah. have the thrill yeah. of the yeah. hunt for me. Uh-huh. I want to uh-huh. be you, you finding unexpected dig things. Dig in there. And, uh, or weird things. Mm-hmm. I so we went by a little Gettysburg antique store. Of course, there's lots of, you know, Civil War era memorabilia oh. in there. There's like old. The most fascinating one I found was like Civil War era playing cards and dominoes. No, like actually like, from the Civil War like, era? I'm, I'm sure that they were not like actual artifacts, but it was like a display of the kind of oh. the kind of games they would play Yes, in wartime and at various different times. And I thought that was interesting. Oh, that's then very interesting. Up, but upstairs, of course, there's all this wartime stuff downstairs from all different eras. And then you go upstairs and the, like in many antique shops, there's various booths. And so some of the booths were just like vintage t-shirts. <laughs> and then, and then... We went over and I walked the girls through the history of audio because mm-hmm. there were albums. Ah. And then there were eight tracks. Ooh. And then there were cassettes. Oh, that's exciting. And cassettes. so I was talking to them about each one of these and then CDs. So I went through all of them with them. And they were spotting, because I had done some education with them on the way up on the road trip, uh-huh. they were spotting all the artists who were in We Are the World. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You're, you mean they your were, girls? Your girls? Yes, were they were finding cassettes of the people who sang on "We Are the World" because on the way up, they had asked. I think I think I was listening to something, or someone referenced "We Are the World," or the, there's a new documentary about it. Yes. And so I had I had told them, well, there was this song where all these superstars sang, and I played the song for them. They liked the song quite a bit. They want to keep listening to it. And then when we got to a rest stop, I showed them the video, the video. so they got to see all the people. And I told them who everyone was, and they got excited about being able to recognize each person and tell me who they were. And then when Bob Dylan chimed in, they said, that guy sounds like Popeye. <laughs> Popeye the sailor? Yes. Ah. Does that yes. guy sing like Popeye? He sounds sort of like a Looney Tune or maybe Popeye. Well, that's <laughs> his trait. It's his trademark. I said, that's not yeah. totally wrong, girls. When, I have um, a question for you. When they saw when they saw Cindy Lauper, did they say, "Hey, that's the woman in the Plaque Psoriasis commercial"? Is- no, but they do remember her and her voice. To say, "That's the lady with the crazy hair." It's the lady, lady with the crazy hair. With the crazy hair. Yeah. yeah. Also, Great I voice, always though. forget until I watch the video again. It, it's like, and I know I've had this information in my brain before that Dan Aykroyd is singing. Yes, Dan Aykroyd is there. He's singing. He's got the 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 the, the headset thing going on. Yeah. He's there in that room. Crazy. Yes. He, yeah. Actor. He's an actor. But of course, you know, he was in the Blues Brothers. Yeah. And I'm that sure he was at counts, whatever. Yeah. They came from a music awards show. So I'm sure he was at that awards show and they all troop over to this yeah. recording yeah. studio. With Quincy Jones. Yes. With Quincy Jones. Anyway, I got to watch this documentary. I have not yet, but it's very of my era. I what mean, I, I, remem- w- I remember this song so well from when I was a child. Okay. Greater, lesser, we are the world versus do they know it's Christmas? Oh, I'm we are the world all day long. Oh, no. The other way around, man. I go for the Brit stars. This is our generational divide. Yes. This do is they it. know it's Christmas? And in fact, when that when do they know that it's Christmas, I can do all the different voices. <laughs> By the way, in each of these songs, yeah. the lyrics are not like nonsense. Yeah, no, they had to, you know, they whipped it up. At the, for In both instances, it's like we yes. only have overnight to put this together. Yeah. How did that happen? But, like, it's a choice we're making. We're saving yeah. our own lives. Yeah. Are we? Or are we? I thought we were saving someone else's life. I thought that's what we were doing. <laughs> I don't yes, know. Yes, uh, clanging the chimes of doom in, in Do They Know It's Christmas. The clanging chimes do, of doom. Yeah, do they know it's Christmas? They do yeah. indeed. They, yeah. I'm sure they do. Yeah. It's Africa. Thank God they, it's them instead of you. Yeah. They are starving. But I'm sure they have a calendar. All right. So here's what I want to find out about the We Are the World documentary, which Mm -hmm. is, will they explain at the end or at some point that none of this ever actually helped the Ethiopians? 
Like they blew it up. The government, it was, it was a man-made starvation, right? It was a man-made right. famine. Right. And this, we didn't know that at the time when I was in seventh grade or however old I was, uh, or seventh or eighth, you know, it's like, how could this happen? We got to help these people. They're not going to let you help that, you no. know, the regime, it was a regime no. and they were, you know, it was, it was terrible. It's yeah, perhaps an imperfect understanding of geopolitics yeah. from Quincy Jones and yeah. Lionel Richie in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Well, um, well meaning is as yes. usual with well, rock stars. I well, did read up on it and apparently a USA Africa or whatever the overarching yes. thing was still exists and predictably works on climate change issues. So oh, I'm, come sure, on. I'm sure it's doing just as much good today. Oh, as That's so sad. Then. That's so sad. Yeah, I, I do, I do. I still like that song. I know that song's that song's probably not good, but I, I never, I never liked that song because I was in a talent show, and at the end, we had to all sing it, like a reprise or whatever it was, and I was, I, I just it. hated it for that. I love it. Yeah. That's peak nineteen eighty four. So, yeah. all right. Well, now my kids are properly educated about it, and they know everybody. In them. the song. Good for them. I also bought myself a necklace and a, and a bracelet while I was at the, like some, some, you know, this came from some person's estate sale. I'm sure it's not, it's just like costume jewelry because I don't get, I don't get scammed. Nice. But you know who does get scammed, Vic? Oh. Oh, the financial columnist at The Cut. Is that a New York magazine? Product. Yes, related to, I think, because that's where I read the story. Yeah. What, what, what happened here? So this is by Charlotte Kells. She's a financial advice columnist, and she wrote a very viral piece this week that I just wanted to, I just wanted to discuss this. It is titled, The Day I Put $50,000 in a Shoebox and Handed It to a Stranger. I don't even laugh, I'm sorry. Subhead, I never thought I was the kind of person to fall for a scam. Okay. This is very sad. I don't want this woman to have lost $50,000. I don't want anyone to get scammed this way. And I realize that what they often say about scams is if you think you're too smart to get scammed, that's how you get scammed. Mm -hmm. Okay, fair fair enough. I don't want to think I'm too smart for this. But do I think I'm too smart to hand $50,000 to a stranger in a car? I think I might be, Vic. Yeah. I don't know. So... She writes this story. Okay, apparently yeah. a, guy, a guy called her while she's in her house with her two-year-old. And he starts saying that, first of all, it starts with like an Amazon scam. Like, oh, someone stole your yeah. info, so we got to put you in touch with the Amazon people. Which we they, get a lot. Of. Do yeah. you get them? I get them. They flip her over to the Amazon people. Now, that's, I get it. At some, I'm going to be like a little like, oh, gosh, I guess if someone's stealing my identity, I need to go through this mm. process, right? I, mm-hmm. I get that impulse. Mm. But I would be like, what proof do you have that you're from Amazon? Yeah. Like, I need to know. Let me call you back. And then Amazon, somewhere along the way, turns into a government agency and a CIA guy who says she's under, she's in imminent danger and that she can't tell anyone that she's talking to a CIA guy because then her family will be in danger. But what she needs to do is take her money, her nest egg, oh her emergency gosh. fund, and give it to him outside her house because people know her movements and know where her family is and blah, blah. like it's all very heightened insanity and she did it Vic. was the guy with the cia guy the guy posing as the spy the cia guy was he bill paxton from true lies i mean don't tell your husband you got to keep this a secret this is very much what it feels like when you're reading the story now what do you think Vic? okay would you do this so this happens a lot. The difference is it happens mostly with older folks. I read a story about a woman who likewise was convinced that she got roped into some espionage plot. And I don't know how much of them is like willing, wanting to believe that they are actually caught up in this sort of drama. Well, that was but, the true lies plot, right? Yeah, it's like, of course. It's like, I'm having, I'm having a boring life. Yeah. I want yeah. to believe that, that, that something exciting is happening here. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I mean, I'd read this at a previous instance where a woman likewise had to sneak behind her husband's back to take out tens of thousands of dollars to deposit in cash to hand deliver to somebody else in a motel. The difference is, again, Mary Catherine, for most people, the victims are usually older. And this person 
who is the financial writer? Well, at, at the, the very con- least, is okay. 37. She's so here's 37. The here's the thing. Even if they're not older, they're at least not financial advice columnists oh, for major publications, <laughs> right. right? And this is this is the part that got to me because there were a lot of people online saying, "Well, you know, you can't you can't drag her because this happens uh-huh. to a lot of people, and actually yeah. the stats are different than you think they are. And if you think you can't get scammed, you could get scammed." Okay, fine. But I am concerned that people who write for New York Magazine and uh-huh. the New York Times and our the yeah. elites, our intellectual betters, right. Would say to the rest of us, we know better. We will tell you how to live your lives. This happened during right. COVID, mm-hmm. n- notably mm-hmm. as well, right? Yep. You know nothing, you rubes. You must be an epidemiologist to, to weigh in on COVID and kids in schools. You must be a neurologist or a neuroscientist to weigh in on Biden and his, yeah, otherwise his your cognitive count. ability. You must be a financial columnist for New York Magazine to weigh in <laughs> yeah. on whatever it is, right? But then the experts who want to tell us how, our, how to live our lives, yeah. the credentialed people show no discernment, right. no common sense, no street smarts to just suss out what's real and what's not. And that makes me go, I don't want to listen to you guys. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to stop listening to her after this story and also after she told me I should put all of my money with FTX, which is some sort of a crypto company. What she actually said to everyone was like, so the moral of the story is you also need a shoebox to put all your money in. Then you're going to take it to the next guy who drives to your, oh, up to your curb. On. I just, oof. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember my, my father, you know, this always happens, by the way. It happens more if you have a PC versus a Mac. Because the PCs, they're always trying to get you on the latest virus upware soft date, right. up, uh, soft date, sorry, software update and say that, uh oh, you know, we did it. We ran it through our, you know, you know, checklist here. And, right. you know, it was recently shared your information on the dark web. You Here's how you upgrade to the next level to prevent it. And I right. get it. And maybe it's true, but, you know, it never ends. You're constantly buying all this stuff. And he got prompted on his screen on his PC to do something similar. And my mother at the time happened to be walking by and the person he was talking to, it clearly sounded like somebody from overseas. Right. And my mother is like, what are you doing? My dad's there, you know, taking out a credit card to read the number to the end. And my mother's like, put that phone down because you yeah. get, they get so caught up in it. So again, it happens, but wow. The other thing though, I mean, that's, that's one thing that's more common. What I find more disturbing is the whole you know, as if this were a ransom situation like Fargo, you know, where it's like, don't tell. You can't tell anybody. Don't even yeah. tell the police. You can't tell the police. I, no. I, no, thanks. That's bad. Uh, it's not. Yeah. That's, it's not good. It's un. Oh, and what's funny, you saw, by the way, Mary Catherine, the, mm-hmm. the rest of the media running to her defense. No, that's what I'm saying is like yeah. all these people who always say we must defer to the experts. Oh, even now. Are like, are like, by the way, it's totally fine if the experts get duped. In the most obvious way possible. And I'm like, but then we shouldn't listen to them. Right. Wait a minute. I don't think we should listen yeah. to them anymore. Yeah. And I do feel bad that this happened to anyone. I feel like a lot, yeah, m- many more, many scams are so much more pedestrian than this one. This one got yeah. pretty, pretty It's elaborate. Wild. Yes. And they have to, who, you know, the people who pulled this off, I mean, I, I don't doubt that they really probably went through a script and oh, acted no, they, it out. And well, like, have, how do they have to, to be convincing? You know, I mean, like the up and co- up and coming generations, I'm sure, are just like chock full of narcissists who are uh, charming and disarming yeah. and can talk you into a lot like Bill Paxton-esque from right. True Lies, right? I'm, I'm sure that they're all over the place and they got armies of them in call centers to do this kind of thing, which is awful. I also watched the you know, the, the scammer documentaries on Netflix. There were a couple at one, <laughs> sure. at one point. Uh-huh. And here's, here's my real, my superpower is that I'm so cheap. I'm so cheap. Uh-huh. The, the first time someone asks me for over $1,000, oh. I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, yeah. hold on. I need to reevaluate this relationship. <laughs> Yeah. Like who, if, if wait, you, who I'm are thinking you? if you get to 700 with me, I'm like, mm, 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 we got to do some yeah. real soul searching about yeah. this, my friend. And, and research. Then, but these women are like, 
some man they're dating is they just met is in danger and oh they're, yeah they're cutting checks for sixteen thousand dollars no i i saw the same one you're talking about that yes guy because he was so and they're like i can't believe he's in love with me i can't believe that he wants to take me out you know and that's how it works mm-hmm. it's terrible i'd be like my friend i cannot help you i wish you the best yeah yeah <laughs> the only exception would be if I were to get an email, let's say from an Emma Watson <laughs> asking for money, and I, Daniel Craig, let me start cutting checks. Cutting <sighs> checks. Where can I Venmo you? Okay. <laughs> Should we start with some Trump news? We might Don't get me started, but we're going to get started. We're going to get started. Okay. This is from the New York Times. In New York, this is the Trump Organization case. Yep. And <laughs> I'll just I'll just read from the New York Times to, to get us started. We have a lot of cash, quote, Donald Trump boasted 10 months ago under oath, claiming that the number was, quote, going up very substantially every month. But whatever cash he had may soon be gone. What, by the way, what a lead from Uh the impartial New York Times. On Friday, the judge overseeing Mr. Trump's civil fraud case issued a final ruling that inflicted a staggering financial penalty. With interest, the former president has been ordered to pay New York State about $450 million, a sum that threatens to wipe out a stockpile of cash, stocks, and bonds that he amassed since leaving the White House, according to a New York Times review of Mr. Trump's financial records. He will only have 30 days or so to either come up with the money or persuade an outside company to post a bond. This is Arthur Ingeron. Mm-hmm. Is that how we say her yeah, his name? Yeah, I guess, yeah. He also imposed several new restrictions on Mr. Trump and his family business. For three years, Mr. Trump cannot run any New York company, including portions of his own, nor can he obtain a loan from a New York bank. The same restrictions apply to his adult sons for a two-year period. And the family business will be under the thumb of a watchful outsider, a court-appointed monitor who can hamstring the company if she does not like what she sees. This is, this is not good. It's a bit of a reach. A bit? Like, I, I am willing to say that Trump is a trash can man. Uh-huh. In many instances, right? Like yeah. much of his business is problematic. His moral code is awful. His yeah. like, he's a he's a gross dude in about a gajillion ways. Right. But in this case, having read the history of how they have brought charges in these ways yep. in these cases before and seeing what they're doing to him now, they don't have the goods and they're after him for having done regular old real estate business in the state of New York. And that is not what the laws in the state should be used right. for. So you mentioned the more than $400 million, right? Right. I was curious about how much of that has to go back to the banks that he defrauded. And I realized that none of it goes there because yeah, they he didn't lose any money. Didn't. Right. Exactly. Uh, in fact, Deutsche Bank made money yeah. off of Trump. So, you know, look, I get it. The, it goes back to what you call these SFCs, right? Statements of financial condition. And Trump inflated those numbers, the square footage of his duplex or whatever at Trump Towers, okay? But it is a bit excessive. And we are talking about, you know, Trump always complains that, you know, they're out to get him. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but think, and I wonder how many independents feel this way looking at this and especially the glee with which the media is taking hey we bankrupted donald trump now we're going to put him away that's the last part it's going to be so great for democracy that we're bankrupting you know joe biden's main political opponent but you know look no further than the attorney general letitia james right if you're thinking something is up you know she campaigned on wanting to get something on trump she didn't know what but she said, you know, make me an attorney general and I'll be. I'll figure it out. And in, in, in even if it means going back 13 or 14 years regarding real estate valuations, even though Alvin Bragg himself in New York decided not to charge him, yeah. doesn't matter. Or the fact that, I don't know, maybe other real estate companies and other businesses might overvalue their properties too. Well, this is, but she's not going to actually- go after them. No, and this, there's actually a great clip of uh, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Yes. Kevin O'Leary. And I, I don't know if we've played it in the, on the show before, but we should play it now. It's good. Of Kevin O'Leary, who is no big Trump fan, just explaining, no. this is how this works, and this is called real estate business. Yeah. This is what we do. So it's not against the law, what's happening here. It's not fraud. No one's losing anything. Right. And, and he, explained it, he explains it pretty succinctly. So let's play that. So- 
if you're a developer and you've got a building on, on a block anywhere in America and it's worth, let's say, $500 million and you want to build a building right beside it, you go to the bank and say, this building is worth $500 million. I'd like to borrow a construction finance loan against this asset and I want you to tell me it's worth $500 million too. And the bank negotiates with you and says, well, no, we think it's worth $400 million. And you fight it out. You're always trying to show your assets in the brightest light with the sunshine you can possibly determine for them. You want them to be worth the very most because you're only going to get a 40 or 50% loan to value, as it's called. Then you borrow that money. In the case of a $500 million asset, maybe you get $250 million, and you build a new building with a construction finance loan. And so that's what this case is all about. What, and, and by the way, forget about Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot, and the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. But yeah, like, I'm happy for Trump to face consequences for things that Trump right. does than indeed are over the line, but this seems very obviously yeah. to be inflated, a vendetta, something that doesn't have a lot to do with the actual imposition of the law. As, as reported refreshingly several weeks ago by the AP, mm -hmm. that like, they don't, they don't do this to anyone else. No. Not, not in the hundred years that this thing has existed. Right. Ingeron is a Democrat. The attorney general is a Democrat. Nobody filed a complaint to, right. to New York. And so I can't help but think not only, you know, did they clearly have it in for him and this whole trial, it wasn't about whether or not he was guilty. It was how much is he going to owe? And they came up with this exorbitant right. number. And I think it's mostly because, well, I mean, they really had it in for him. And, 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 and you know, the thing that he stresses, Judge Angeron is, you know, no one being above the law, the lack of remorse, fine. But again, yeah. you're talking about close to half a billion dollars with because of a crime that had no victim. Right. You know, here's and the here's the really. yeah, the the telling paragraph from the Associated Press study where they actually did real journalism and went through yeah. 70 years of civil cases under this law showed that such a penalty has not has only been imposed a dozen previous times and Trump's case stands apart in a significant way. It's the only big business found that was threatened with a shutdown without showing of obvious victims and major losses, which would would seem to be the point of the law. Right, right, exactly. And people are saying, by the way, that, oh, you know, I mean, he's going to appeal, but they doubt that he'll win the appeal. I well, he also, he also yeah. apparently has to come up with the money to appeal, which seems also That's right. suspect. He needs to make, he they, needs they, to make a deposit. And so not only is this happening, but of course, Mary Catherine, we're also heading towards very shortly sealing the deal with this nominee that he's going to be the Republican nominee. We're locked in and he's going to be, you know, possibly bankrupted and more trial dates and possibly more convictions. That's what we're looking at right now. Trump so, should pitch them on $50,000 in a shoebox and he'll bring it to them. It's, 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 it's really... You know what it's like? It's like the, do you remember the movie Sneakers uh, with Robert Redford and Dan Aykroyd, speaking yeah. of which, and they're, you know, all these, you know, ex working for the government type NSA former, you know, they, they, they're like hackers Yeah. and the end of the movie, they each, they all get what they want and, but somehow they still had access to the thing that could hack into computers. And then the end is like a news bit. Where the the person on the news says, and in other news, the Republican National Committee is bankrupt, you know, and hey, and that's what this is. This is the end of sneakers. See, that's all I have for you. We are full of timely references today. We are okay. It's an otherwise amazing movie. Meanwhile, in Georgia, again, I I think the I think the documents case is a real one, right? I think he pretty yeah. obviously, in his own words in pictures is doing the wrong things with these documents. Now, do I think that Biden also did those things? Yeah. Yes. Do I think that Biden cooperated in the way that Biden gets credit for cooperating? No, because he had him for like 15 years before that, which, by the way, I feel good about my conclusion, my, my hot take on that, because Ellie Honig of CNN was making the same point. He's like, oh, the yeah. guy had them for 12 years with knowingly for some reason. Yeah. It's not like he was cooperating the whole time. But at any rate. By the way, and th that's the... 
the, the deep throat, if you will, of, of, of that case is this, this is Wanitzer, the ghostwriter for Biden's yeah. memoir, because apparently he's got the transcripts, he's got the recordings. And that's how we know Biden's like, oh yeah, I have those classified documents. They're downstairs. They're and downstairs. this is in 2017. Yeah. So look, I, I think that that's, this is bad behavior. And I think that both of them should be in trouble. I, I wish that any major candidate for the presidency could behave themselves with classified information. Uh, it would be nice. That's not where we are. However, you know, as we get into each of these other trials, yeah. they become more and more shambolic and yeah. sort and just the the Fannie Willis one is going off the rails. So she's I've synopsized it's it the other gold, day. By the way, it's oh, and it, so gold. this one has cameras in the in the courtroom, so that's fun for everyone. And on top of that, Fannie Willis, the prosecutor or the I guess, the DA in in this. Yeah. case who has brought these RICO charges that have to do with attempting to mess with the election in 2020. Right. She stands accused of having an extramarital affair or the, the guy was married with the guy that she appointed to investigate yeah. in this case against Trump. He didn't have the requisite experience really or specialties to be doing this job. Yeah. She paid him $650,000 of taxpayer money during that time they took vacations together. All this information came out at first, by the way, in his wife's divorce. That's right. Nathan filing. Wade. Nathan Wade. So then, obviously, they need to address the fact that this might be a conflict of interest. Possibly. This might be causing some problems for this case. The people who are really excited to nail Trump and really think he did something wrong here are angry at Fannie Willis, Willis for having put herself in this position. And then she takes the stand. To speak up for herself, Vic. She did not disappoint. Yeah, let's play just a, maybe find a compilation of Fannie Willis hot takes from the other day. It was just money that was there. Right. When you meet my father, he was going to tell you as a woman, you should always have, which I don't have, so let's don't tell him that. You should have at least six months. I took $50,000 of my personal money out of my retirement, and that money ended up being lost. What I was saying is I- Taylor, so it's a finance. Right, but it, it is about my finances. Yeah, about if I, I didn't, nobody put me in this seat. So I had already run for office once. I had spent $50,000 of my own money running and it was vamoose, nothing. My whole life when I took out a large amount of money on my first campaign, I kept some of the cash of that. Like to tell you, I just have cash in my house. I don't have as much today. You said was, you won't work. You won't sleep with people who work under you. Do you not consider Mr. Wade working under you? I consider Mr. Wade to be an agent. Agent? Yeah. Right. An appointee is what I really re re think of him as. Your point, whatever Meredith has, uh, Miss Merchant is on the record. Next question. So there she is. Get in her way. <laughs> is this just sort of prosecutorial hubris? You're used to sort of controlling the courtroom, and all of a sudden you're on the other side of it. And you think you still control the courtroom? Because this, this felt like she was not reading the room. Right. No, a lot of people have compared this to A Few Good Men and Jack Nicholson's uh, character, the colonel. Yes. Because suddenly, you know, he's usually, I mean, he's the guy calling the shots down in Guantanamo. And he's actually not even, and he's not prosecuting. He's in the witness stand. And right. that's where she finds herself. The Free Beacon had done uh, a lot of great work the last few weeks talking to other you know, whistleblowers in her office, people who she uh, got rid of who expressed some concern about you know, the way she was running operations and the way money was spent on certain things, and then they suddenly get pushed out. I would, have, I, I would hate to be these people who had to work with her because yeah. you know, we saw what she's like you know, on the stand, you can imagine what she's like as your boss. Yeah. It was brutal. And of course you had people that, that, you know, you know, corroborated what Trump's lawyers were saying about this prior relationship that this didn't happen later. It happened she's much earlier between her and Nathan Wade. And that's how he ends up getting the job that he had no prior experience with and getting paid over $650,000. So she's like, you're damn right. I ordered the carnival yeah. cruise and I would do it again. <laughs> that's right. I and they probably went for like the booze package because you have to choose the packages. Oh, for those, yeah, you want to you know, go all yeah. inclusive. No, you don't want you got you don't want to have to like pay like piecemeal throughout. Just get me the no, whole no. all you can drink. Let's not nickel and dime Nathan yeah. Wade. Let's no. let's go all all in. So 
Yeah, I just, this is a, also a perfect example of how the incentives in politics and protect, perhaps sometimes in a courtroom are different from incentives on social media because a lot of people on social media were like, look at Fannie Willis yeah. giving it to them. She is a strong woman. Yeah. She's speaking up for she herself. Definitely strong. But this is a very bad strategy for yeah. wanting, she's very indignant, but she's also basically admitting that all of this happened while yes. she's in the courtroom. She also, can we just note, again, I do not want to hear that these folks can tell me how to live my life when she's wearing her dress backwards. What? She's wearing her dress backwards on the stand. No, she's not. Mm -hmm. She is. Okay. She is, Vic. I investigated this. Getting hammered investigated this. Oh, no. Because I thought, that must just be an internet rumor. That can't be real. She's wearing an Adriana Papel. I believe that's the name of the brand. I've actually worn that brand several times. It's a very tasteful mm -hmm. work dress. The zipper is on the front. And it is not a visible zipper. It's not a style zipper. It is a closure zipper. So does she have some sort of a low-cut back then thing going on? Or... Well, it's a very modest dress. Okay. So both sides are fine. All right. Except that you have the zipper in the front. So I'm just saying all is not well yeah. with how that case is going. That case is going about the same way as her dress is. We do a funny bit, and it was our video editor, Thalia Ramprasad, who put it together about, you know, these great little pearls of wisdom from Fonnie Willis. And we put it together in a video, so you should check it out at freebeacon.com. But one of, the, one of the big things is she's big on cash. You got to have cash. Oh, yeah. No checks. No yeah, checks. She's got, she's got cash in her house. A lot. A lot of it. And well, and she sort of, sort of like says, well, because I have all this cash, you can't tell what of the 650 no. was used on me. I could have just been taking my 50,000 in a shoebox a la financial advisors yeah. On the carnival cruise. Co-mingling funds. Putting them, putting them in the mattress on the cruise and having a good old time. You can't say that yeah. that was that yeah. money. She also was like, kept bragging about her many houses or many residences, her many... Girl, like just... Well, I'll tell you what else. They asked her, you know, about somehow the conversation turned to drinking preferences Oops. about wine. She's not a wine person because I think Nathan Wade is a wine person. Okay. No, she says... And, and she said, no, I prefer Grey Goose. Yes, of yeah. course she would prefer Grey Goose. Of all the vodkas, it is the one that has the most image heavy, right? It's all about, yeah, yeah, yeah. trust me, I know a lot about this. It is about, I've done blind taste tests when I was writing my book, Vodka, still available on Amazon. And you would never pick Grey Goose as like your favorite in a blind taste test. I guarantee you at room temperature, almost always the winner, shockingly, and the, like the Daily Beast did this and other places did it. It's almost always Smirnoff or some really? surprise. Yeah. But nobody goes to a bar and says, I'll have a Smirnoff. Yeah. You say, I'll have a Grey Goose because it's the look. And she is definitely into the, the well, image. Well, just, I, I did look it up. It's Adriana Papel tie waist crepe sheath okay. in a, a, a pink bliss color. The, the internet is full of Full of all the info. Lots you need. of information. That that part's true. I did investigate that. I I made sure that that was real before I brought it to you guys. But I, what a circus, man! Yeah, this is going to be the whole year. Oh yeah. So I did see a funny thing the other day. I'll have to find it maybe for our Instagram at Getting Hammer Podcast. But someone made a fake concert tour dates oh. poster with Trump's picture. It was sort of like. Grateful Dead inspired, fish inspired, yes, yes. psychedelic, and it had all of the different dates where he's going to be in courtrooms. Uh, yeah, well, that's it's going to be a lot. It's going, it's going to be, it's going to be like the Billy Joel tour or something. It's going to it be, gonna yeah. be a lot. I do want to do this is a serious and sad story. An update that uh, Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny died in Russia in prison. His mother was informed over the weekend that he died from sudden death syndrome at 47. Navalny rose to prominence for his campaign against corruption and Russian President Vladimir Putin died in an Arctic penal colony. The Russian Federal Prison Service said Navalny felt unwell after a walk and lost consciousness. An ambulance was called and crews tried to re rehabilitate him, but they were unsuccessful. He was serving a 19-year sentence on charges of extremism and had recently moved from a different prison to the country's highest security level facility, Near the Arctic Circle, I'm sure, you know, those two events have nothing to do with each other. North, you know, really obviously, north of the Arctic Circle yeah. is terrible. Obviously, this is how repressive 
regimes work. This yep. is how Putin works. He's not shy about it. He threw him in jail because he opposes him. And he was dead probably as soon as he went to jail in Russia. And yet we do have like plenty of people in the U.S. who are like, Russia seems pretty neat. Oh, yeah, sure. The subway. Or perhaps the subway seems neat. The subway the... with the mosaic of Vladimir Lenin, you know, one of the most evil men, you know, in history. Or the you know? grocery carts are neat. Oh, yeah. This is even though, even though it translated, by the way, into dollars, right? Great for us, except for the average Russian does not make, the average Russian, I think, has an annual income of something like $14,000. So yeah. going, and it's like 38% of their gross, of their, of their budget goes to groceries or the burgers that are amazing. Now, yeah. this is, we are speaking, by the way, of Tucker Carlson on yeah. his Tucker our, Carlson network has did a yeah. did a trip to Russia and was quite credulous about the various wonders of Moscow, including the Stalin built subways, which were designed in their opulence, yeah. A, to be greater than anything any average Russian experiences uh, in their daily life for themselves. This is just a state uh, a state monument, and it right. was designed to entice foreigners, right, who come yeah. and don't have to live as everyday it is... Soviet citizens, and they look around and they go, wow, look yeah. at what the Soviet Union has going, and it still is going today and doing the same trick, apparently. It is, it is, a, it is a Potemkin village, and, you know, I mean, look, I know Tucker, and he's a smart guy, you know, and I can't imagine that he doesn't know when he's going out there about, you know, I.F. Stone, Walter Durante, Henry Wallace, any anybody who, any American who has gone over there and been shown, you know, these things like the subway and, 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 and not think that they're being played. And maybe he comes back and says, okay, now that I'm back here, I got to tell you what it was really like. I have, I have no idea because really, that's all I have to say was really because, you know, I mean, again, it's like Henry Wallace being taken to the gulag and saying, you know, this is like sort of early stages of utopia. You know, right. these 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 workers here, they're, they're not prisoners, really. They're just they're workers. Wow. So yeah. that's happening. And then, of course, right after he leaves, then the Navalny thing right. happens. It's it's thoroughly depressing. And the worst part for, for me watching that, Mary Catherine, is, again, there's not many other you know, serious opposition figures out there anymore. Alexei Navalny's wife is one. Kara right. Murza is another. But, you know, Navalny was what? he was, they, they tried to poison him twice or so before they finally got him, clearly yeah. now. But the other thing is the West, you know, break out the candles, have the vigils, condemn. That's all they can do, apparently. Well, I, I believe there's a there was there's an old Biden statement that. Oh, boy. Red line esque where he's yeah. like, they'll see what consequences there are. And it's like, Will they? But look, I, this larger conversation where people seem to, and I, I get it. Look, I, I, think it's, I think it's fair in the United States of America to hammer your own government as much as you please, because that is one of the great things about yeah. being in this country. Now, is it always without consequences? No, it's not. I think we learned during COVID that a lot of people got the shaft when they shouldn't have mm -hmm. for speaking out. They got censored when they shouldn't have for speaking out. However, I think we can all acknowledge that this is on a different yeah. level, right? And I, I want to just like keep those on two tracks, engage in the long-held tradition of slagging your own government in the United States right. of America and doing it largely safely versus yeah. what happens in other countries while also acknowledging like we've been through some dark moments where like soviet-esque things happen at high levels and you go what's happening here mary catherine we don't you know uh, we we don't even know how gradual it's going to become on our show where we could become next thing you know it's getting hammered Infowars edition then <laughs> we don't we won't even realize it because it's just slowly it's slowly right. beginning to sink in the conspiracies no i i, I agree and it's, you know, it's, I'm just, it's I'm not, obviously because... it's not the same, but it's, it's, it's not, it's like, all I'm saying is it's not great. And again, because I'm mad at the U S government doesn't mean that I have to like yeah. 
pretend that Moscow healthcare is good or something. Right. right? I don't have to right. do that. That's the difference. That's the difference. <laughs> I, and you mentioned Biden, by the way, and, and, and going back. I also remember when Putin was on the uh, verge of invading Ukraine. And, and you know what Biden said? He said, don't. Don't. Like he told, you know, Hezbollah thinks they're going to get involved in this war. Don't. Don't do it. Do you, do you think, you know, every, every president has a doctrine? Yes. The Biden-Harris doctrine is don't. Yeah. <laughs> the, Please don't. The don't. Please don't. The don't doctrine. Yeah. And, you know, the don't doctrine has not gone that well. It's not because, again, who's watching when, when Biden says don't and they do, Iran and China, and they're wondering what, you know, if, if, if Russia can get, if Putin gets away with this, what can we get away with? Yeah. You know, you know, I mean, again, and, and, and over time we express the outrage and then we move on. And then it's like, how does anyone talk about Boris Nemtsov anymore? And All right. Can I, speaking of uh, getting rolled, can I give us an update oh. on, the, on the don't doctrine? Yeah. Which didn't, you know, didn't keep Hamas from slaughtering oh. thousands in yeah. Israel. But here we go. This is CNN reporting. The United States has proposed a United Nations Security Council draft resolution on Gaza calling for a temporary ceasefire in Israel's war against Hamas in warning against an Israeli ground incursion into Rafah, where hundreds of thousands of displaced Palestinians have fled over the course of the conflict. The U.S. draft comes after it had vowed to veto an Algerian draft proposal calling for an immediate ceasefire. The council will vote on the Algerian draft Tuesday morning. This, is, this, will, be before, this will be in the past once you guys get the show. But calling for a temporary ceasefire in Gaza as soon as practicable, which what are we doing here, Vic? Well, I think we just need more time so that we can reorganize our forces, meaning Hamas. And, you know, this pause would be really useful so that we can, you know, work on the, the next big attack. It's, it's a real problem. And I'm actually kind of surprised. I thought that three months at most before Biden folds and says, OK, right. you need to stop now. This is more like four months. But yeah. obviously the, the problem is. They want things to stop with Hamas still in control. And even though, and and, and the administration has said in the past that, you know, we cannot leave Hamas in control, but it looks like that's what's happening because we no longer have powers to make anything happen or convince anyone to stop doing what they're doing. So, you know, this is what it's going to be. And, and, And Netanyahu obviously is in a very precarious situation himself, but how about release the hostages? Well, there are, there remain men, women, and children, Yeah, one of them a baby mm-hmm. being held. Two hostages were freed by Israelis last right. week. So we know that it's possible to get some of them out, out of there, theoretically. Yeah, that's right. But this has been, since, you know, since we started talking about this, Vic, I, I did think, I'm with you, that I thought Biden would fold a little earlier, but he has yeah. been I would not say there's been no daylight the whole time, right? It has right. not been full-throated. It it was no. comforting, a bit comforting at the very beginning sure. after the after the faltering when it first right. started. And then it got like pretty full-throated for a while there. But then he wanted to travel over there and then he mm-hmm. was leaking that what they were going to tell them was to chill out a little bit. It's like, right. that was like days after. Yeah, that was days after. So it's been a bit of a... If John Kirby were the spokesperson all the time, if John Kirby, if it were the Kirby doctrine, I would feel better than the don't doctrine. Yeah, exactly. But I just, I understand that at the UN, you're getting crap all the time and you are trying to amend the crap so it's not quite as crappy. Right. But but I'm not sure I trust the don't doctrine folks to do that. No, especially especially at, at the UN. But again, you know, it was already after October 7 happened, immediately after, you knew that there were a lot of forces out there with the fixes in. They're going to be, okay, well, I can't, I feel, I, you know, it's horrible that this happened because now I'm worried that Israel is going to go too far. Yeah. You know, what well, are they going to do to were... retaliate after the worst attack on the Jewish people since the Holocaust? Well, and the Gee, gen- I wonder what they're going to do. The genocide know? protests, quote yeah. unquote, began on October 8th. Yes. Right? I was, it was before, yeah. it was before Israel set foot. October 8, I was in Dallas. Yeah. I mentioned this before, and they had a huge rally in Dealey Plaza, and it was all the Palestinians with the flags, and they were chanting, you know? I mean, they were celebrating. They were yeah. celebrating the attack and demanding, you know, end to the occupation. 
Which, okay, which occupation of what? They hadn't even gone in yet. Yeah. So we know they're occupation of their own land because obviously that's a problem, as you know, in the Hamas charter, you know, that's 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 one of their top goals is the end of Israel. And so again, that's what we're dealing with. And it's not going to end until well, and regardless of how regardless of how in danger Netanyahu is politically, because I think you know, people are very upset with them. Right. They remain more upset with Hamas. Right. They remain right. more upset with the international community telling them to just lay down and die. Right. right. Israelis are fairly united on that part of it. Right. Right. And this is the part that from the beginning we've said, how do you keep Hamas out without right. occupying, actually, without having a footprint there? Because it all just surges back. Yep. As soon, I mean, this is what happened when they withdrew all Israelis from that land in what year was it? 2005? Yeah, 2005, 2006. Is that it, it got filled in by Hamas leadership. That's right. what happened when they gave that land away. Yeah. And Ooh. and then they get criticized for wanting to build the walls because they don't want to let them yes. in, but then you let them in, and then all of a sudden this happens. Yeah. So it, it's not a good situation anywhere. No. On this note, briefly, I do want to note that the, uh, the semaphore, which is uh-huh. Ben Smith writes there, and it's often like media-focused news, yep. but there was a story about how a public relations firm in D.C. is running communications for something called the 10-7 Project. And part of what they've been doing is keeping tabs on reporters that, quote, it felt were reporting and tweeting unfairly about Israel and putting mm-hmm. pressure on major news national news organizations to punish or remove these reporters from the beat. In particular, the group has singled out the Washington Post and its foreign correspondent, Louisa Lovelock, who has covered the war in Gaza with an emphasis on Palestinian civilians impacted by the violence. Now, we've covered Washington Post over and over again, deferring to the Hamas-driven narratives. I mean, they come from the Hamas health ministry without any attempts to balance that or vet that. While when the Israeli forces tell something, that is couched with the most incredulity possible right i just want to say that like a bunch of reporters like oh this is awful that they're doing this they're doing oppo on reporters this Mm -hmm. is some sort of violation this is what reporters do to private citizens all the time all day every day all day every day they're they're like oh tweets surfaced no they didn't you surfaced them yeah you surfaced them and then when their tweets are surfaced they're like how dare yeah how dare Uh, you can't take a tweet that I wrote in 2017 and be mad about it. I do that to you. I do that to you. Yeah, we're just going to keep on saying things that, you know, we might contradict ourselves or we're going to, you know, take different positions. Whatever it is, don't bother me about what I might yeah. have said or done in the past. Please. They did, Leave a me doc- alone. they did a document that contained a deep dive of her tweets going back all the way to 2009 yeah. when she was a student in college. What? Whoa, I've never heard of such a thing before. Oh, wait, I have at every major newspaper where they do these stories on anyone who yep. becomes suddenly publicly notable for half a second. Oh, do you have some tweets that were problematic when you're 15? Somebody at the Washington Post will find them. We got you. I just, that that gets me. Where the, That's what the, they do, but don't do it to them. No, the reporters demand different yep. treatment. That's they demand right. different treatment. This is like when when all these folks are trying to figure, particularly Matt Taibbi is trying to sometimes, and David Zweig is another one, mm-hmm. they try to get quotes from journalists and, and news outlets about coverage during COVID, about being pro-censorship. Because oh, sure. they're like, well, what, how did you guys come to this conclusion? And why are you colluding with the government? They won't give quotes because journalists live by different rules. They want us yeah. to give quotes. Yeah. But they don't plus, give cuts. Plus, plus, it's time to move on, really. Yeah, yeah. We don't don't need to go back there. Got to move on. Is that all we got in real news? I think that is all the real news we have. have, Then we have a story. Oh, yeah. The Wall Street Journal has us covered on how to plan a friend trip and keep your friends. Can a friendship survive the stresses of a friend trip? Seasoned experts offer their advice on minimizing tension and maximizing good times. Vic, you brought this to my attention. I Um, did. And it's, it's a piece by Hannah Seligson, and I guess she's not one for the big friend trip. And then she finally decided to to do one because I think she just they just happened to randomly run into friends with other kids, right? And the kids thing is another factor, but 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 it but it does bring up it's a good question as we're heading into you know the coming months with various you know Easter breaks, spring breaks, and you name it. Do you do you go on trips with your friends, and mm-hmm. if so? 
How has that worked out? So like Mary Catherine, you just you just went on a trip with friends. Yeah. Do you like to regularly do it? Do you do you try new friends or is it usually the same friends you go on trips with? It's and often the same friends. Not, okay, so not yeah, not only do I go on friend trips, I just got back from one. So yeah, yeah. this is my two best friends from college. One lives mm-hmm. in the DC area, one lives in the New York area. We have eight kids between us. I left the babies at home, so we only had six for this gathering. Mm-hmm. And we gathered at an Airbnb in Pennsylvania in Harrisburg, which Mm -hmm. was lovely. By the way, shout out to an incredible bookstore in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania called Midtown Scholar. It's so good. You could go to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania to be a tourist at this bookstore. That's how good it is. We went there for hours. It was fantastic. I, I, I'm at the point of hating bookstores now because I have so many books at home. I can't take another book and yet I'm going to go in there and find I do. Something. I do end up walking around. I'm like, this is wondrous. And yet I'm just making a list in my head of things I will never get to. So I anyway, so okay. I did this trip with my two best friends from college and it goes pretty well. I think, I think the key one is the space, right? You got to figure yes. out if you have a good place, especially if, if you have kids and adults to put everyone. Now, we have kids that are still of an age where we can dump them all in one room. And it was a large room. Uh And we had all six kids in there on air mattresses and a bed and several air mattresses. In fact, several of them, because they're like sort of an oversized closet, we put one of the twin air mattresses just in the closet. We're like, this is a great private sleeping space for you. Oh, in a closet? I mean, it was like a nice closet. At any rate, they had the time of their lives. They're oh, they're did, loving it. So do do all the kids, they, they mesh well? Yes, they do. Okay. Now, here's the thing, Vic. I think the reason they mesh well mm-hmm. is that my two friends and I have similar parenting values and styles. I think that, yes. And that comes up in this piece, by the way, yeah. about being able to gel with other... If you're doing a, a friend's trip with children to... Be able to, you know, not be driven crazy if the other parent is doing something different. Yes. With their kids. Now, I think there's like, you got to let go a little bit because this is a vacation situation. So that you're yes. gonna, we did, you know, we did more screen time than we usually do. We did more sweets than we usually do. It's, it's a vacation. It's a but vacation. this is, and this is key. This is a great example of how our, our kids end up gelling and doing well together, yeah. which makes everybody's experience better. Yeah. We went to a pub to have a late lunch. And we put six kids down at the end of the table, each like all with themselves, not being policed by us. We yeah. sat on the other end so we could have an adult conversation and a beer. They're all old enough to handle ordering, eating on their own. And here's the key. They don't need tablets in a restaurant. I was about to ask, were they all on their own little thing or? Nope. They speak to each other. Human interaction. And they eat their food. And they they play pretend. They have conversations. Oh my gosh, I know. Novel. They color. They color on menus. So that the way that we parent makes that work. And then we, you know, let them run feral in the bookstore, and they just read books <laughs> like little nerds for an hour and a half. It's fantastic. Amazing. Amazing. I was I was proud of them. I'm bragging about them a little now, bit because I think deal, I think they how, did well. How do you deal with the money situation? You go well, out, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the check comes. Separate checks, you split the check. What are you doing? So I took the check in this case, and I think, I think look, by the way, I love, I love the idea that one of, the, one of the tips here is chill out. She says, yeah. the key is setting the pace to match that of the group's most laid-back member. <laughs> That'd be me on okay. any trip, I yeah. would argue. <laughs> but I don't think you should set the pace to me because I'm going to adapt. I'm going to okay. adapt to what you guys want to do. Yeah. But it helps to have, like, you can't have a bunch of type A people together. You got to have one of me in the mix. Right. right? Just sort of... or, or else these people are battling. That's I'm true. like, I'm just like, I don't know, like 5W20. I'm motor oil. I'm, I'm helping everybody <laughs> move around. Like, yeah, no, you're, I'm you're, just you're, going you're, with the you're, flow. You're, you're, you're a lubricant, a social lubricant. <laughs> Excuse me, a social lubricant. <laughs> yes. But I think you can't have all people who want to plan everything. Right. That won't work. Right. But when the when the check comes, how do you handle that? Then? So I do, uh, we do a mix of things. Uh-huh. I took the check and I'm happy for people to Venmo me if they want oh, to. But I think okay. sometimes you just say, look, yeah. we're, you bought the groceries. I'm going to buy this mm-hmm. and let it sort of even out. Yeah. And do it in a good faith effort. But if right. you're if you're good enough friends with people and you have a 
basically similar mm-hmm. understanding of money, then I think that's okay. It's but a if, big deal. It is. So like, for example, my father, he would go on these golf trips with his other buddies and then, you know, he would complain that, you know, they would split it evenly. But now you're talking about what, eight credit cards or something, you know, sometimes it's right. more. And, and my dad would complain because, you know, he goes, I didn't drink the wine and somebody got very expensive wine or somebody got an appetizer. I didn't get an appetizer. It's not good. And I know yeah. a lot of people, older people, they do this thing. And, 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 you know, my late aunt may, you know, God bless her, you know, it was always like, oh yeah, so-and-so, you know, you owe me $12 and 37 cents for, yeah. okay. Ah, I can't do that. No, um, I think, I think you have to, when you're in a group like this, you have to kind of, if you feel slighted in those ways oh, man you you kind of have to just suck it up and you and do think, and think you know to what yourself, i would do like, i okay. would just drink more well look nobody loves it if somebody's drinking seven cocktails that are expensive on yeah. your dime right and yeah. the other person that's having true that. but that's if everybody's true. like kind of basically on the same page which and occasionally you're exactly. gonna lose six dollars in the deal right. yeah. you need to eat the six dollars and it goes back to who do you select to go on your trip yeah right? and if, because you and have to you, be of the same mentality for for example my high school buddies and i we've been going on trips for you know how many years now since i graduated (laughs) way too many years ago and our understanding the way it works when we go on a a, like a guy's weekend we just each of us take turns picking up the bill at different places because we know we're going to go to a bunch of places this is what i'm saying just like it comes back to you yeah it It all works out back to you this is the it's the 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 late reporter jack germont said it just pick up the bill he would say jack germont just pick up the bill and this is how we do it and so you know it goes if the dinner is big maybe two guys split it and then those guys don't pay later on but it, it, it works its way the flip side is my friends from high school always insist that we all have to be in the same room together like we're in our fifties now, can I? Can't we get our own room? No, big sleep. It's like that. We're still having a high school sleepover. That's so funny. And it's been like thirty years, forty, that's, thirty, thirty-five years. That's very endearing. We don't do that. Okay, well, just leave it. I'm just saying it's, and and that's all there is to the sleepover. Nothing more to the sleepover than that. We're just sleeping. Okay. <laughs> no, I think I think as you get older, the thing that blows my mind is that, you know, the people who really need to worry about money and yeah. have situations yeah. where th- these things could get like pretty rough for them yeah. are in their 20s. Yes. And those folks do extravagant bachelorette and bachelor parties yeah. all the time. And yeah. that to me is where you get into real danger zones where somebody's like putting so much money on the line mm-hmm. for a Vegas trip or even an international trip that yeah. is a girlfriend trip. Maybe they don't have as much as other folks in the group do. And right. once you get into your 30s, like, also, I'm not doing anything extravagant. We're going up to Harrisburg and, like, doing snow tubing for a day. Like, it's not right. crazy. But I think once you get older, you do have to be a little more chill about the... Yes. The, no, the, I think... The, the scientific splitting of the bill. You, you, Ray, you, I think the older you get is... And it's funny because, you know, I mean, with my dad's friends, I mean, they're all... They were all, you know, old Filipino doctors, but, you know, I think in their minds, they're still living in a hut, you know, yeah. and so it's like, you, gotta, you know, I'm, hey, you I'm know every penny, but that's you the know. kind of mindset that keeps money and that's, makes money. Right? That's, that's right. Like, that, yeah, that's, right. that's have, right. We can close after this, but I have, have I ever told you about one time I was out to eat. This is many years ago. Uh-huh. It was during the Obama years. Okay. And I was out to eat with some professionals, many, oh. almost all of whom were liberal, some of whom were in the administration, uh-huh. all 30 or above, like well mm-hmm. into your yeah. good professional life. Established. And none of them were doing bad for themselves. Mm-hmm. Went to a nice birthday dinner for one of the members of this group. And as I understand it, when you take someone out for their birthday, we all pitch in a little bit extra for this person's birthday so they don't pay for their birthday while they're out on their birthday. Right. And then we split it. We split it evenly, right? Yeah. Okay, That's fine. how that works. We're yeah, all adults. Sure. That's fine. In this particular case, everyone started... Like more than half the table started being like, well, I didn't have a drink. Oh my God. Well, did you have a drink? It devolved. Itemizing. So much. I was ashamed for them. I was, I was ashamed. And I, and I started, I started using catchphrases, political catchphrases like, oh, are we not interested in paying our fair share all of a sudden? <laughs> Is that, we're going to make it difficult for everyone now? We're going to nickel and dime this thing? I am, again, I know I'm a cheapskate, but I am also a social lubricant. So at this point, I was like, I will go to an ATM oh my and grab 20s and start making it rain just so you guys shut up and do this yeah. trick. 
Yeah. That's what I will do. I mean, do I need to do that? I would have been tempted to just say, you know what? I'll pick it up. <laughs> Everyone happy now, but maybe that's what they wanted the conservative to do that. <laughs> that would yeah. be okay. how public policy works. <sighs> yeah. Mary Catherine, I have a clar- we have a clarification oh, in order from the last episode, which is regarding the my 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 stepping on your lines from the previous <laughs> show. And granted, I can see myself doing that in general. I get it. I have sometimes I do that. But this particular thing, apparently there was a moment in the episode and our producer, Jennifer, explained that there was an editing issue because you had said something that you ended up wanting to take uh, out anyway because it turned myself. It was yeah. she fact checked herself, everybody. And and as a result, but, uh, but there was no easy way, though, because of the way the conversation was flowing to have it pause. You'd be surprised on this show how much editing goes on. We're actually we don't even tape at the same time. They just, if we just splice it together, we're not here together anyway. But in this particular case, it sounded like I was stepping on Mary Catherine in a line, but in fact, she didn't want that line. So that's what happened. He was falsely accused. I was falsely accused. Yeah. yeah that's it. Or is it Jean Valjean? Is that the right one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 24601. Were... Not that I know anything about that. You were Jean Valjean. Okay. It wasn't me. It was a one-armed man. I don't care, Vic. <laughs> I don't care. Are, are you done? I just want to make sure I don't yeah, step done. on I'm your done. line. Okay, good, good. <clears throat> that wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube, and you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer Time on Instagram, MK Hammer on Twitter. You can follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast on YouTube and Instagram, and you should. You can see our pretty faces most of the time. Thank you for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast. Don't fight over the check, y'all.